stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I did want to focus on Puerto Rico and an unfortunate situation, I think, that, that's been overlooked for a variety of reasons. I mean, there's certainly other news going on. It's difficult for uh, news agencies to get to Puerto Rico in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria to talk about the devastation there. And the point's been made, and I think President Trump made it in a very awkward way that, you know, given the devastation, the death toll there, while it has been rising, is uh, could be a, a lot worse. Uh, but though it's clearly a crisis situation in Puerto Rico and in need of federal assistance, and those are Americans in Puerto Rico, maybe feel as though they're not viewed as such, or uh, the response to what happened in Puerto Rico is not quite the same as what it was in, in say, Texas or Florida. Now, Texas and Florida, neither of them are, are islands. Uh, as Donald Trump pointed out in his, his own weird way, that uh, Puerto Rico is an island surrounded by big water, ocean water. But has the federal response been underwhelming? Why did the president get into a, a feud with the mayor of, of San Juan, the mayor of a city facing uh, utter devastation? Why, why, why go after her? A lot of people were left scratching their heads about that. Uh, joining us uh, to talk about all this, very pleased to welcome the program, uh, David Graham, staff writer at The Atlantic, where he covers U.S. politics and global news. More at TheAtlantic.com. Uh, David, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. All right. So in terms of the, the overall, the, the devastation on, on Puerto Rico, how bad it is, what Puerto Rico needs, uh, do, do we have a clear picture of all of that? Well, we still don't. I think we have an idea of, of a little bit of an idea of the, the devastation, and we have some idea of uh, what's needed. But a lot of the problems that are still occurring are logistical, and it's very hard to tell what's going on because most of the people reporting on this are not on Puerto Rico. And even on Puerto Rico, there's such limited infrastructure and so much of, of the communications network is destroyed that getting a full picture of things is fairly challenging. Well, and, and there are logistical challenges in getting aid to, to Puerto Rico, obviously, but um, has the criticism of the federal response been fair, do you think? I, I think it is largely fair, and there are two questions, really. One of them is messaging, and one of them is material. And I, I think it's easy to think of the messaging as being a little bit irrelevant. But, I, you know, in a in a crisis, people want um, comforting. They, they want a message that the government is with them. And what you see from the White House in particular and from President Trump has been really more of a focus on um, emphasizing, you know, how well he's doing and how well the White House is doing rather than sort of projecting empathy or sympathy for the victims. The other question is material. And, uh, you know, early on, I thought some of the criticism was, uh, if not unfair, perhaps premature. But as we see continued problems getting stuff out and, and getting aid to people, these are largely things that only the federal government can do. You know, the, the Army Corps of Engineers is really the only group that is in a position to rebuild the electrical grid. Um, you know, the Air Force is the best position to bring helicopters in and, and to improve uh, flight control. And those are the things we don't see the federal government doing yet. It, it did seem really strange, I think, to, to a lot of observers to have the president uh, picking a fight with the mayor of San Juan as, as he's tweeting from a luxury golf course. Uh, she's sleeping on a cot in, in a relief shelter in the midst of this devastated city. Um, what was it that she did or said that, that got him so, so upset? You know, it's really a remarkable thing because she did not uh, name him personally. She has been out there saying, you know, we need more help, uh, but was early on complimentary of the White House. Um, Thursday, the acting Secretary of Homeland Security, Elaine Duke, um, said, you know, this is a good news story. We're, we're doing a great job in Puerto Rico. Um, and that didn't go over well with the mayor. She was asked on live television on CNN about that on Friday. And she said, you know, this isn't a good news story. People are dying. 
that clip went viral, and I think the president saw it and took it as a personal attack on himself as well as on the government. And the result, you saw him unloading on her on, on Twitter for the, the, the duration of the weekend. You know, but does all of this underscore kind of the frustrations that, that Puerto Rico is dealing with beyond the, the hurricane, obviously, that, that they are Americans, but they don't seem to be treated as Americans. They don't have a say in, in electing the government, that, that they're often forgotten, that they're dealing with this, this debt situation uh, that doesn't seem like it's a priority to anybody else uh, in Washington, D.C. Now that they're going through this catastrophe, does it seem to be underscoring or at least confirming for them this notion that, uh, that they don't matter as much? I think that's exactly right. This comes in the context of several years of economic crisis and Washington dealing, I, I think, with a somewhat heavy hand with Puerto Rico. You know, Puerto Ricans would like, w- wanted the opportunity to declare bankruptcy and they want more uh, leeway to restructure. And what the federal government has said is, you know, you can't do that and we're going to take control of that. So you already have a little bit of, of anger about that. There's also a long running debate about whether Puerto Rico should be a state and whether Puerto Ricans want statehood. And so to have the president come out and, and speak a lot about the debt, you know, yesterday he said that the relief effort had blown a hole in the budget. Um, previously, he said that Puerto Rico's debt makes it, um, you know, harder to, to lead the recovery. And so I do think that these are, these are piling frustrations upon frustrations that already existed. Right. And, and then you had the president suggest today that 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 they would wipe out Puerto Rico's debt. And you had uh, others in the White House uh, saying, well, no, you know, don't don't read too much into that. They're, they're walking back that that statement, which confused a lot of people when when he said it. Right. And this is a pattern we've seen where the president says one thing and members of the administration come out and, and say, well, you don't, don't take him at quite his word or don't take that at face value. It's, uh, it, that's very unusual, <laughs> uh, to say the least. And it also makes it very hard to have any idea what the actual policy of the executive branch is. In terms of Trump's visit to Puerto Rico, and maybe in fairness to the president, had he not gone, he would have been criticized for not going. Uh, he did go. Uh, but but it was it was an odd visit, and, and there were certainly some odd moments uh, for him, some awkward moments. What, what stood out to you, and, and what was your sense of whether the, the visit had any kind of positive impact? It was, a, I thought, a, a rather strange visit. Visit. There were a couple things that stuck out to me. Uh, he did this press briefing when he arrived, um, and he compared the death toll to Hurricane Katrina, which is uh, strange on a couple levels. One, Hurricane Katrina is sort of the, the exemplar of a mishandled response. Um, 12 to 1,800 people, depending on the count you believe, died in that. And he said, well, look, only 16 people died here. I think downplaying death tolls like that is a little bit unusual. He said, in a real catastrophe like Katrina, again, you're, you're downplaying the, the suffering that people are undergoing, even if it is, in fact, not as great as Hurricane Katrina. Also, that death toll is not updated, and it's already gone up since then. So it's a sort of thing, strange thing to, to focus in on. He spent a lot of time sort of congratulating the federal response. He had this very odd moment where he bragged about having negotiated down the price of the F-35 fighter, which was a sort of digression from what was going on. Then later he goes to uh, to a church, a sort of you know, classic photo op visit, and uh, there are these clips and, and vi- uh, photos of him tossing toilet paper and paper towels out into the audience, right. uh, like, like sort of alms down. And it's a very weird image. Uh, I, mean, I think maybe the president saw it as playful, but it came across, I think, as a bit patronizing. So I, I don't know that he won a great deal of uh, of goodwill with Puerto Ricans or with anyone else from this visit. Right. It was like he was throwing T-shirts into the crowd at a basketball game. Right. These are people in an emergency <laughs> shelter who, who lack the basic. That's the, they're there to get paper towels and, and toilet paper and these things. Right. And, and the, you know, the not coming into his visit was that he has not been adequately focused on the victims. He's more concerned about uh, the sort of optics of things, and, and he's not recognizing their suffering. And I don't think that does a great deal to create the impression that, in fact, he does recognize their suffering. 
Also, going forward, though, and I mean, there, there are obviously people on the ground. There, there are supplies getting to Puerto Rico. There's been criticism, too, of, of some, some federal laws in the U.S. that prevent uh, non-U.S. flagships from, from making these, these kinds of uh, important aid transports. So is, is all of that getting sorted out? It seems to slowly be getting sorted out. Um, you know, I, I think there's a certain amount of truth to the fact that this is a very challenging situation. Um, this is arguably the most challenging disaster relief effort in American history because you are dealing, as the president said, with an island. You can't just truck things in the way that you you do in um, you know to Texas or to Florida or anywhere else where there's a major disaster. It does have to come by boat. What's more, once it gets to the island, you have to get it to people. And, and uh, the idea of the final mile being the most difficult one is standard and disastrous. It's very easy to get materials to the, the main setting. It's getting them, you know, that, that last bit. All that said, it is very slow. You know, anytime people don't have food and medicine and water, they're going to be upset. And, uh, you know, the federal government is the only organization that has the kind of logistical power to deal with that. But instead, you have the president saying, I need the Puerto Ricans to do more. This is really on them. Really interesting. Much more at theatlantic.com. David, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. That's David Graham, staff writer of The Atlantic, covers uh, U.S. politics and global news. So, yeah, you did have the weird situation today. So what uh, Donald Trump had said uh, to Fox uh, of Puerto Rico, quote, they owe a lot of money to your friends on Wall Street, and we're going to have to wipe that out. You can say goodbye to that. Uh, and then you had the White House backpedaling that, well, then, you know, not, not exactly. So I, no one's quite sure what, what that meant. You had um, Mick Mulvaney, Office of Management and Budget Director. So I wouldn't take it word for word with that. I spoke to the president about this at some length yesterday as we flew home on Air Force One. We're focusing on right now is the federal effort to make sure the island is safe and rebuilding that island. So some confusion about those remarks. Now, there is something uh, called the Jones Act, and this was something it took a while before this was dealt with, but I think there was a te- it was temporarily waived, uh, but the law will continue to exist. It was, um, as the Cato Institute describes it, more formally known as the Merchant Marine Act of 1920. The Jones Act mandates that goods traveling by water between U.S. ports be carried on ships that are built in the U.S., registered in the U.S., are at least 75% American-owned and at least 75% American-crewed as in C-R-E-W-E-D. The results have been universally abysmal. The Jones Act reduces choice and competition among shipping providers, driving transportation costs higher. 2015 report by a group of economists found that shipping costs to Puerto Rico are twice that of neighboring island, costs that are then passed along to consumers. The law certainly hasn't achieved its stated goal of developing and encouraging the maintenance of a merchant marine capable of supporting the U.S. in times of war. As economist Thomas Grenis notes, from 2000 to 2016, the number of large Jones Act eligible ships in the U.S. fleet actually declined from 193 down to 91. Fewer ships means fewer jobs. So it sounds like it's a pretty bad law. At least it was uh, temporarily put on hold, but yeah, it's still on the books. All right, 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.